This is a CBC podcast. Every parent has dreams for their child. When they're little, you look down at them, swaddled up in their blankies, and they look up at you with their big, beautiful eyes, and you just want them to conquer the world. The possibilities seem endless. Maybe they'll be a doctor, or an engineer, an actor, or a hockey star. Whatever hopes and dreams parents have for their kids, the ticket to get them there is usually education. It's why parents so often move mountains to get their children into the best schools. And to many parents around the world, it seems as if the best schools are in Canada. A diploma from a Canadian school can be the key that opens doors to a good job, a good home, a good life. Some parents make giant sacrifices to help their children get those credentials. But sometimes, people prey on our dreams. I'm Duncan McHugh. This is a hell of a story. Tens of thousands of international students come to Canada to study every year, and they fork over big money in tuition fees. But many don't get what they pay for. Kieran Singh has heard a lot of their stories. Here's his documentary. I'm at the stage that, like, I'm in depression. Because after coming to Canada, it's all changed in my life and that sudden change just I don't know how to explain it how will I explain it it's a very bad moment right now in my life this is Sonali Sharma an international student from India now living in Surrey BC Sonali is not her real name because she's scared that coming forward with this story could jeopardize her future in Canada. These days, Sonali is feeling hopeless and tired. But that wasn't always the case. She is one of the thousands of international students who've come to Canada with a vision. It's my dream, like, when I came to Canada, after completing my study, I got my work permit, and after that, I got my PR. That stands for permanent residency. After getting the PR, when I get settled there, I dream that I will pursue my further studies. I will do nursing there and I will get any professional job. School, a good job, a pretty normal dream. And a year ago, when she was still living with her family in India, the pathway to realizing that dream, it seemed pretty straightforward. First, Sonali had to take an English language proficiency exam, and when she passed, 
word traveled fast in her small village. She's saying next thing she knew, an immigration consultant was at their doorstep saying she should apply to study in Canada through his firm. He just uh, told that it's very easy. Now you are able to go to Canada. And when I asked him about the colleges, about the study process in the Canada, he just told me that everything gonna fine. Everything's going to be fine. Immigration consultants are contractors. They're supposed to consult and advise a person and help them navigate the Canadian immigration process. They also work on commission, usually paid by the Canadian colleges they recruit for. This is more or less the normal process an international student from India would have to take. So, Sonali started researching. And soon she had a list of schools she was interested in. The University of British Columbia, University of Victoria, maybe Langara College. It's my dream college. I want to study there. But the immigration consultant said getting into one of those would be a long shot. He said that you are not able to meet the requirements of that college. Sonali says that the agent told her to start at a private college. And after the first year, she'd be able to take her credits and use them to transfer to another school, a well-regarded, publicly funded college to finish her degree. Sonali says the agent made it sound automatic, a sure thing. So she applied to Granville College, a small private college in Vancouver, got in, applied for her student visa, and waited. Four months pass, then one sunny morning in the summer of 2022, Sonali's dad gets a phone call. The agent just called my father and he said, you got your visa. (laughs) And... When he said like that, uh, I'm just, I feel like I'm on the seventh cloud. (laughs) My father started crying in his whole life. I never see him to be crying, but he gets so happy at that moment. It's a very precious moment for me. And it's not just Sonali's family who are celebrating. The whole of our village came to know that... (laughs) that I got my visa, all just came to our home with sweets, with so many greetings and blessings. I feel like now all the things will go better, go smoothly. But they don't. September 2022. Sonali lands at Vancouver International Airport after a 22-hour-long flight from New Delhi. She's exhausted, but excited. Her older cousin, who Sonali calls her sister, has lived in Canada for years and is there waiting for her. She has flowers in her hand. She greets me in a very, very beautiful way. Their first stop in Canada? Well, it's a tradition that Sonali has been looking forward to. At very first, we just go to the Tim Hortons. <laughs> all we students and all all people like in India dream that after arriving to Canada, we just go the Tim Hortons and have uh, have the coffee. This is true. I also did this when I first came to Canada. That first Tim's run is a rite of passage. After that, I put uh, I click the photos and send to my brother in India. And they just feel very happy at that moment because um, in Canada, it's a daytime and India, it's a night. 
but they still are on call with me. Sonali's first class is scheduled for a few days later, but almost immediately things don't go as planned. First, Sonali gets an email from Granville College saying that her classes are going to be entirely online. Her contract had described on-site learning opportunities with some hybrid learning. And this was well after most schools had gone back to in-person learning across the country. Technically, she didn't even need to come to Canada to go to the school, but coming here was always part of the dream. So she thinks, okay, no big deal. Even if she's not at the school with her new classmates, she gets to be in the same time zone. For the first class, Sonali set up her laptop in a corner of her cousin's apartment. She's so excited, but almost right away, she's in for a surprise. I saw that all the students are Punjabi. The professor is also speaking in Hindi. It's not what she expected. And then this happened. One of the student asked him about uh, how will we do our assignments because we are new, we don't know how to do the assignments. His reply was like, just Google it, yaar. <laughs> it's not only that she had come all the way to Canada to be told to just Google it by her new professor, but that last word yaar threw her off. There's no direct English translation, but this is a super intimate, casual term It's an unusual thing for a teacher to call their students. At that time, my sister is sitting beside me. She just laughed loudly. I just mute my class and I told her, I'm attending my class and you are laughing. She said that, are you feeling like you are attending the class of Canadian college? At that time, I feel very embarrassed and... I have no words to say at that time because I have so many fantasies in my mind about the studies, about the college. But Sonali's disappointment with the class, and especially with the professor, it doesn't end there. He didn't teach anything to us. When the class started, he just took the attendance of the students and just asked us about if you have any inquiries, you can ask me. And if you don't, you just leave the class. You can do your assignment. Just submit your uh, answers and that's all. She says the whole thing lasted about 15 minutes. Over the next few days, Sonali tells me that most of her classmates just stopped showing up and that the professor told a small group of students who did sign in to pass on a message. He said that inform your classmates that if they don't attend the class, they will fail from the semester and they get departed. Okay, remember how Sonali was promised she'd be able to transfer her credits to another school to finish her degree? This was a crucial detail. There are certain schools considered designated learning institutes or DLIs by the federal government colleges that enable you to get a work permit after your education ends. This is such a common route that people call it the pathway to permanent residency. Granville is not one of these colleges, but it was the college her consultant had recommended. She says she even called Granville College to confirm what the agent had told her, and they said the same thing. Two semesters, and then you can transfer your credits to a DLI and finish your degree seamlessly but she started feeling suspicious about the whole thing. 
Sonali decided to do some investigating of her own and called the college she expected to be transferred to. When she got on the phone with an administrator from that college, he said that there is nothing like that. You have to pursue 3 years degree in our college. And I just feel like what the hell is this? I feel very low at that time because all the struggle of my father will go waste. Sonali's family's income depends entirely on her dad's small farm, and to raise the money to send her to school in Canada, he had had to take out a property loan against the farm and borrow money from friends and relatives. If her schooling doesn't work out, if she doesn't graduate with a degree from a DLI and isn't able to get a work permit, then all of that would be for nothing. Sonali's story is not unique. When I set out to report this story, I heard from at least 10 students experiencing something like she is. Students like Manpreet Kaur. I got a call from agent saying your visa got approved and I felt like my dream came true. Yeah, so it was a really happy moment for me. Manpreet moved to Vancouver in 2016 to do a 2-year health sciences degree. But when she struggled to land a job in her field after graduating, she decided to enroll in a 6-month program at the Vancouver Career College. to boost her credentials i know it was really tough for my parents because i came from middle class family still my parents are like they will do whatever it costs to pay my fees so they took a loan on our land um so i wanted to study well and to get a jo- better job so that i can repay the loan her experience started out pretty much as she had expected there was an instructor and she told us like we will be having four hours instructions 15 20 minutes break and she said you will be assigned homework assignments that you guys have to submit by the next day and uh, she said we will be having uh, weekly exams as well this sounded good to manpreet structured rigorous even but that didn't last she just started dismissing the class in like first in 3 and 1/2 hours and 3 hours then she used to give us a long breaks sometimes they would have as much as an hour long break in a 4 hour class and the quality of the rest of the in class time that started falling off too it doesn't even make any sense we are just sitting and looking at the screen and uh, she was like okay just turn on your camera for 4 hours if you need my help then you can just unmute yourself and ask me otherwise she never give us any instructions along with that the teacher started sharing the exam questions with the students before the actual exam manpreet sent me screenshots of this On March 30th, questions are sent out that are identical to the exam sent out the next day. The same thing happens in April. Then, partway through the semester, Manpreet started getting emails from her teacher moments before class was scheduled to begin, saying, "Oh, uh, sorry guys, I cannot join the class today. Uh, I don't have my Wi-Fi working, or some days, oh, my voice is not there. I have a." sore throat i have fever oh my son is sick i need to go to the clinic and uh, she had a lot of like excuses like that 10 classes were canceled for all kinds of reasons 
not one was rescheduled. Other classes were shortened from their scheduled four hours to anywhere from 10 to 15 minutes. That's nearly every week for two months until Manpreet decided she had had enough. So I really got fed up because, uh, like, we are paying tuition fee not to get these kind of emails, right? If you have any network issues, whatever, you can reschedule the class. You can do it in the other day. But she never made up the classes. So that is what made me really sad. Like, I felt like my money is going waste. So after two months, she decided to withdraw from the program. I reached out to Vancouver Career College to ask them about the cancellations, exams being handed out in advance, the shortened classes. They got back to me with a statement saying, due to privacy, we do not comment on individual student information. They did not respond to my next email. While Manpreet stuck it out with Vancouver Career College for two months, Sonali knew her school, Granville College, wasn't a good fit after only two weeks. Sonali decided to go by the school in person to withdraw from her program. She took her cousin with her, the one she called sister, and it was a shock. This was Sonali's first time seeing the school in person. It's not like a college. It's like a one single one room and there was a one table, one white board. And I get surprised at that time, like, is it the college? The college is a unit in an office tower, a glass building in downtown Vancouver. Sonali tells me when she went, she kept calling until a receptionist came down to let her in. An advisor told her that the college would email her a withdrawal form to fill out. But I didn't get any email from the college. Like Sonali, when Manpreet decided to withdraw from her school, Vancouver Career College, she went to do it in person. But she tells me that the administrator said she would have to wait to speak to the college director. So Manpreet asked for the director's email, but was told, no, they'll get in touch with you. So she sends a follow-up email to student services, June 7, 2021. Subject line, program withdrawal. When the college director eventually did respond to Manpreet, it wasn't quite what she had expected. She contacted me saying, you owe this much amount to the call and it was $10,000. So it was really shocking for me. I got really nervous because uh, that was a huge amount. $10,000 was a huge amount. And I was also scared because they said, if you don't pay it, then we will send it to the collection agency. But at least Manpreet got a response from her school. Sonali says Granville College never responded to any of her repeated emails and then stopped responding to her phone calls. The school did, however, keep sending her links for online classes. She didn't know what to do. I'm going through so many suffering, so many problems. I feel burdened all the time. But then, a sliver of hope. We were hearing a lot of stories of vulnerable international students that were being exploited. And it was pretty much an open secret about their plight. This is Balraj Kallen the co-founder of One Voice Canada. It's a volunteer-run organization that helps vulnerable international students with issues like sexual abuse, labor exploitation, and disputes with private institutions. You know, it's tough to say just being a small organization about how prevalent it is. What I can tell you, we have had multiple colleges and it's the same issue and the same pattern of behavior. And i got to add to the fact that, you know, it's pretty rare for someone to actually question what's going on and take a stand. So I do imagine there's a lot more out there who are not actually speaking up. 
but also um, the cases we've had are just here in BC. You know, issues have popped up across this country. And in Ontario, in fact, the Auditor General came out with a report that was very critical of the private college industry and the need for better oversight. So I think there is more than enough to suggest that there should be serious cause for concern. Students usually find Balraj through word of mouth. Sonali met a guy at a bus stop who volunteers with Balraj and put her in touch. He's like God's sender for me. And so we got together and met up at the library to go over exactly what happened. This seemed like a pretty simple case of another college being pretty deceitful and not providing a student their money back. By this point, Sonali had sent nine emails requesting to withdraw from the college and asking about a refund. Not one got a response. And then when we sent the college a formal letter, funny enough, the same email account (laughs) provided a response. But then they explained that she is only entitled to $900, which didn't make any sense. Having paid $11,000 in fees and only attending classes for two weeks, Sonali was hoping she could still get enough money back to enroll somewhere else. So this news was hard for her to take. I'm just thinking about my father, about his struggle, how he gathered all the money, how he sent me there, and and all his dreams, like when I reached Canada, I will get success in my life. The f- dreams of my father, I'm feeling like they all get, all get, I just feeling like his dreams get ended. <laughs> in Manpreet's case, she was being told that she was now on the hook for nearly $10,000 in tuition fees, on top of the more than $4,000 she had already paid. She confided in a friend about her situation and learned about this guy who helps international students. Sure enough, it's Balraj. The college was asking or requiring her to pay the full tuition even though she had withdrawn within the deadline period. So the whole time I'm thinking is what argument is the college making or what explanation are they providing requiring her to pay the full tuition? The reason the school demanded Manpreet pay $10,000? Let's look at the fine print in her contract. The agreement said if a student had taken more than 30% of the total courses, they have to pay the full tuition. But to get to that 30%, the school included the classes that were cancelled and shortened. The school also counted classes scheduled between when Manpreet sent her notice of withdrawal on June 7th and when the college replied back to her on June 24th, 17 days later. Manpreet and Balraj decided to reach out to the private training institution branch of the BC government directly. It's the PTIB's responsibility to ensure that colleges and universities act ethically and legally. So after filing a complaint with the PTIB, all Manpreet could do was wait. 
So I used to check email every day, my even my junk box as well, because I was eagerly waiting for their decision. I was kind of nervous. What if they give their decision in college favor and I wouldn't be able to pay this much, like $10,000 to college, right? So I was sitting in my home watching TV and uh, uh, suddenly I got email from PTIB and I was really scared to open that email at the very first moment because uh, I was not sure what's, what's going to be inside, right? Uh, um, then with a lot of courage, I opened the email and it was all in my favor. Uh, so I got a relief after reading the email and it was really like happy moment for me. It took 13 months between Manpreet applying to withdraw and getting her refund. You know, I used to check my mailbox every day, every day, because I was wa- eagerly waiting for for that check, right? Sonali's future is still uncertain. I have reached out to Granville College multiple times asking about the false claim that her credits would count at another school and the lack of response to her almost a dozen withdrawal emails, among other complaints. In December, they got back to me with the following. This is to inform you that we have approached by this student and we have addressed her concerns and settled this issue amicably. Thanks so much for your cooperation and understand. Sonali and Balraj had no idea what they were talking about. In January 2023, Sonali and Balraj decided to take this matter to the PTIB and file a claim against Granville College. Then, last month, February 2023, the immigration consultant approached Sonali's parents and made them an offer. If Sonali withdraws her PTIB case against Granville College, he said he will reimburse her family $10,000 in India. Balraj and Sonali have since withdrawn their PTIB complaint, but Sonali's family are yet to see any money. Meanwhile, Balraj tells me he's currently working on two new complaints against the school. Sonali has since enrolled at another school, University Canada West, a designated learning institute, and is waiting to start. But she can't until she pays her tuition, money she still doesn't have. Still, Sonali is hopeful. Every new morning brings new hopes that I will restart my studies and I will get success. For that, I came to Canada for studies. So to fulfill that dream, I'm working hard. That Doc, produced by Kieran Singh and AC Rowe, with story editing by John Chipman. And that's all the time we have for this week's Hell of a Story. The show is produced by Tanera McLean, Julia Poggle, and me. We're part of the CBC Audio Doc Unit. And I hope you're enjoying the docs we share with you here on Hell of a Story. Let us know what you think. Leave a review. Give us a rating. It helps people find our pod. I'm Duncan McHugh. Jimmy Gwetch. Thanks for listening.
For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.